welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name's Scott, and I'm with uh, two fire family. <laughs> um, Todd. Hello. And Ash. Hey there. We should change that intro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, tonight we're going to talk about some, uh, well, some, uh, some stuff that's about uh, making a difference. <laughs> but first, we're going to, um, we have some news. In the wildfire front? Are you running again? Are you taking it? I think yeah. Ash got the stats. Yeah, I got some stuff up here. So last year, Litton, BC, uh, got ravaged by wildfire. It uh, it destroyed the majority of the town. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of our larger uh, active fires throughout the season. Two people died in the fire in the town yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's on fire again. Uh, we're in, I think they, it doesn't really say here. It started ladder of last last week though yeah uh so right now it is up to uh they're calling it the uh nahoman creek i'm started, probably uh, saying it wrong july 14th july 14th oh really the fire oh boom perfect it's first discovered right um currently they're up to six homes that have uh, been destroyed um over 100 residents have been evacuated uh and it's growing uh just shy of 1800 hectares currently so yeah, and that jumped pretty big too. From I think was it just a couple of days in, it was went from five hundred. Yeah, it's like was it, it was active fire, and then went to five yeah. to over yeah. eight, and then yeah, it was like thousand twelve. Yeah, and it's, it does sound like from the most recent article I was just reading that they are making some headway on it. Uh, still definitely out of control, but uh, yeah, getting some headway. Uh, see what the weather brings, and I mean that's always a massive factor and I know down in our neck of the woods it's calling for hot and dry which is not good yeah <laughs> I'm sure they'll, they'll be of similar weather which is unfortunate but yeah I think the saving grace for that one too is other than the initial starting point where it was close to some homes and took mm-hmm. out a couple uh, now the, the majority of the fire is pushing up uh, high altitude and yes. away from any sort of structures mm-hmm. they say so good yeah yeah yeah, we're not it's the season. It's the late season. Yeah, yeah it's not in the heat dome like last year. Last yeah. year we're in heat dome. Yeah, heat dome right, right now. Yeah, yeah, we yeah right on now. Mid heat dome then. Because mm-hmm. our big fire started in two days from now. <laughs> was it really? I think I think that's what's right. Yeah, pretty close to it. I didn't yeah. know it was that close to our first little warm up fire. Yeah. Because huh. we actually just got back um, last year from camping up at uh, Todd's property. Mm-hmm. Which, Why? Uh, we're, what were we celebrating last year? We were celebrating Todd's birthday. Uh-huh, which yes. happens to be the same day. <laughs> same so it's Todd's birthday today. <laughs> it's also it's his same birthday. Day we're here. It is. Yeah. yeah. Getting old fast. That's what I mean. yeah, yeah, so that when we came back from the camping <laughs> yeah. trip there, yeah, you guys kicked off the fire right away. Yeah. So we were going uh, to the little precursor of our, our very busy summer. Um, that was a just a single day event for us. I know uh, BC Wildfire was on it for a couple of days, um, and then that was extinguished and not an issue. And another day passed, and then we we got the kickoff to the summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was the, the long haul for us, which uh, we've spoke about at length. But yeah, so we're we're one one year past, kind of when everything kicked off locally here. Uh, we're we're still looking like we we get our our uh, danger rating every morning. Mm-hmm. And it's been relatively low, uh, but seeing how that weather is trending 
and what this low danger rating, because we have had a lot of moisture, um, that ground fuel is super heavy now. Um, it is. Just look at where we were camping there for our place, like, you know, the, the fields, mm -hmm. you know, you're looking at two feet, two and a half feet. Yeah. Yeah. And if, in some places, even more, even higher. That's right. Um, and yeah, it's starting to dry up now. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely noticed it dropping back down to the valley. Um, when, when we left, everything was still pretty lush green. There was a lot of green, and you, you can kind of see it kick into that that orangey brown now mm -hmm. um you have to look like high up the valley to see like lush still we were pretty lucky up at your prop you know up at your area there it was mm -hmm. uh it was still really nice uh water levels are much higher than what we're accustomed to at this still are, at yeah. this uh stage of the year uh which is great but ev everything's predicting a late season like we'll be having summer well deep into august in into september mm -hmm. um they they keep chatting about that heat dome and how we might see a repeat of it but where last year it was now they're expecting it well into august so you're on me yeah our fire map this year looks a lot different there's like uh i'm just looking at it there's probably about 10 active wildfires in this map this map is looking pretty weak yeah last year it was like just red. Full. Yeah, like the whole. Right. Like you barely see where there wasn't a fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, Ash, it's, uh, they're expecting everything is just going to be pushed right a month. Like mm -hmm. we're just a lot later now for for this year's fire season. Sure. And yeah, I, they were predicting early season that it could be a lot worse, even just mm -hmm. because of how green it is now and that moisture. Uh, That's like right. I said that fuel load's getting so high. So we'll see. Hopefully, people aren't idiots out in the bush, and because the majority of the fires are human caused. Yeah, you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Scott? All right. Um, so kind of our main topic tonight is going to be um, making a difference, I guess. Because um, there's, like, we started FR in January. And, um, you know, I, I think when we started, a lot of the guys thought it was going to be, like, not, not first of all, not many calls, and but all the calls were going to be, like, like we're going to be saving lives. <laughs> like every call is going to be like, like saving like a baby and <laughs> doing CPR and um, all the sexy stuff. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the same thing as when you first start in the fire service, you think, Oh man, every time that truck rolls out, it's going to be like, we're going to be fighting structure fires and wildfires and, and uh, cutting up cars, cutting people out of cars and crazy um, auto acts. Yeah. Yeah. There's an old saying in the emergency services. I, I think it was a military saying originally, but, um, it's, it's long periods of boredom followed by moments of sheer terror. Yeah. And I think that someone gave it a number. It's like 90% boredom followed by 10% sheer terror or, or sheer excitement or whatever you, whatever you feel yeah. <laughs> at the time. Um, so, I, but I think um, we were talking, we've been talking about this a lot because I think every time we roll the truck out, we are doing something. Um, but mm -hmm. It's very rare when we leave and get there mm -hmm. and do absolutely nothing. And I think every time we're there, something we're progressing the scene, um, and it, yeah, I think people need to realize that, like, no matter what we do, and that we're, we're we should never be making it worse, but we're almost mm -hmm. always making it better in yeah, some way, yeah. shape, or form. So I guess on the medical side, you're Todd, you can probably speak to it the most because when you're in the ambulance, you know, however many years you've been doing it now, twenty mm -hmm. whatever years, twenty two, yeah, twenty two years. Yeah. Every day when you're a, when you're a paramedic, are you saving a life? 
Are you doing some high? Oh, absolutely. Stuff? You guys aren't. Come on. <laughs> uh, no. So if you think the sexy call is, uh, you know, putting somebody's tea on and helping them back up off the floor and, you know, sitting with them, you know, making them comfortable for 30 minutes before you clear, that's what it is sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, like you said, it's it's not all that glorious stuff, but what we do in the emergency services is, is people call us to make things better. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's the classic phrase. And that's what we're doing. You know, right. so it's it may not seem like, you know, the sexy great emergency for us, but in their eyes, it could be a big deal. It's big still emergency. somebody's emergency. It's right? still somebody's emergency. Yeah. No, and, and not always, but you yep. know, to them, at that moment, whatever the situation is, it may be extremely hard to deal with, mm-hmm. hard to cope with, and like you said, this is this is their most traumatic event in this moment. That's why they call nine one one. Sure. Whether it's just uh, you know my kid fell down and broke their arm, that could yeah, be life changing for that person. Who knows? Yes. Um, Whereas to us, it's like, oh, this is fine. literally yeah, not this, a big this deal. Is easier. We can fix this. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's uh, it's there to make things better. Mm-hmm. We are there to provide a public service, and that's what we do. Like, yeah. Whether, like you said, whether you're there, you know, you're saving the choking baby, or you're you're there, um, just consoling somebody so they can call a friend. You know, mm-hmm. like, whatever it may be. Right. And I, I think, uh, not even getting away from the first responder or the medical side of things, mm-hmm. um, looking at the, just us going to an alarm activation. Right. Um, we, we still, I mean, maybe not an alarm activation because a lot of times the owner doesn't even know we're, we're there. Like mm-hmm. it was a, if it's a commercial alarm, mm-hmm. um, maybe alarm activation is the best one. Uh, maybe a, a traffic accident is a better one. Yeah. Like fender bender, but it always comes in as I'm on extrication. Mm-hmm. We get there. We had one today. Yeah. Um, everybody gets, everybody got out. Mm-hmm. Guy was hurt. Everybody got out. There's three patients. Everybody, everybody's out. Um, it's off the road. But we still went. Yeah. I'm assuming somebody did something. <laughs> I wasn't on the, on the truck. I don't think you were. Either. No, I wasn't either. Okay. But I'm assuming one of our guys did something to make someone's life better. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we should be taking, um, taking that with us not being like ah, I didn't do anything sure because a lot of times we get back in the truck and we get back and the guys are like I didn't do anything on that call I'm like well you did something mm-hmm. it's, um, you know whether we, we stabilize the scene in some way um, you know even like minor fender benders we get there we do traffic control um, we make it safe for everybody to, to move around we we make the flow of traffic better yep. which also you know Maybe we help someone's vacation out <laughs> because they, they got through that line faster. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we help the tow truck driver out because we managed to stop traffic and he didn't have to be like, okay, I'm going to go now and try to yeah. get all everything done. No, we stopped traffic. He can do his work safely and he can get out of That's there. right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a time when, you know, years ago now mm-hmm. where it was like, is there a RCMP on scene? Perfect. We don't need to worry about traffic. Yeah. That's not our job. And... You know, it, it kind of comes back for, for me on scenes like FBI, uh, FR. There's people that are better equipped to be doing something else than sitting there mm-hmm. with a, you know, a stop sign. Yeah. They they can go and, you know, potentially. They also don't run all those sexy calls. <laughs> you know, they, they have the mundane parts of their job as well. But... When they are needed, they're they're needed. We have thirty whatever of us, 
and we can have five people running traffic and, you know, looking after a scene where you have, at any given time, a handful of officers that are going to be patrolling our community. So if we're going to tie up two of their cars, that might be all that's available at the moment. There's better things for them to be doing. Well, working with them sometimes, um, I'll hear on the radio, like, their stack is like a two-hour delay. Mm. And they're stacked, like, because they have to stack it based on priority of call. Sure. So they go in an accident, and if we're like, ah, no, we gotta, we're, we're down here, we're leaving. Um, like, again, our guys have to go back to work, too. Right. But if work was that important, then we also say don't leave work. That's right. <laughs> um, I definitely struggle with that, right? We try like, to clear guys as fast yeah. as we can. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we go down, like, okay, we'll, uh, we'll drop traffic down to two guys, they can come back in the duty truck. Um, you know, we and don't need the you try to ask, is there anybody that can stay, yep. right? So if we can free free guys up, but if that was, you know, mass ca- you know mass cash crazy event, no one's complaining about being away from work. Yeah. But when it's dulled down to traffic and ah, you know, I got to be back. Well, it's been fifteen minutes and right. like we're all getting clocked in for an hour. Right. We're we're signed up to be away for an hour every time that we we leave work. We do our best to you know, mitigate the amount of people that stay. But, you know, I struggle with that a little bit. Like, once we're there and committed, yeah. I get it. Like, we all want to go, but yeah. we still have a job to do. And that comes back to what we're saying tonight. Yeah. Like, I go back, I was at New Year's Eve two years ago. Yep. We had, we had a car hit a pole, like, 11 o'clock. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we went there. I don't think the guy needed to be executed. Basically, yep. we helped him out. Uh, I think we they, we ended up putting in the in the ambulance they left. So now this car sitting there, power pole's like hanging weird. Yeah. So I was duty officer, so I'm like, okay. So me and the chief were like, okay, well, we get to go traffic. Here we just go. Like, and it was like 11:45, I think, when we cleared, or 11:50, 50 when we cleared. Cause we should drive home, yeah. <laughs> right, for New Year's. But it's like we we try to clear as many people as possible. But if we didn't clear and we, or if we, if we just were like, no, we're out of here, we leave and the police have to take over. So now you got two members, two police cars tied up on either end yeah. on New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> right before new, midnight. Because there's nothing else that's going to happen from yeah. that point so, forward. <laughs> you know, we bounce. Like, we're like, yes, like we can stay here because you guys are obviously needed probably somewhere else mm-hmm. to do other things. Yeah. yeah. And maybe they're going to another call that they might consider like mundane or bullshit call, but mm-hmm. they still need to go because. Again, someone called 911 to ask for their help, and they're expecting them to show up. And when they don't show up, they're like, yeah, cops are useless. <laughs> yeah, they don't show up for like an hour and a half, two hours, because they're yeah. sat there with a... Like, imagine you know, we stacked our, our calls like they had to. Like, we stacked our, our emergency fire calls two hours deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to your fire when we can. <laughs> People would be like, outraged. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's just the, the big thing. Like, we... we when we leave the hall, we are making a difference of some sort. Sure, we are. Whether it's traffic, whether it's just talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially with the FR, we, you know, we get there. And we're not always first in either. No. But when we're first in, like FR is really not a lot of training. No. Like you're trained to, you know, you get 40 hours, I think, was it 40 hours of training? Something like that. So it's basically like a mid-level um, occupational first aid course. Right? Yeah, I think even though like... Again, like it's back to FR, well, even fire stuff, but specific, specifically FR related. Um, he said, like, that you don't need a ton of training to no. be 
polite and kind to somebody, you know, to help solve a minor situation. You know, like the, the best example that comes to my mind is um, years back, I went to a uh, conference in the States and the keynote speaker, he was telling us about his, his wife. She was in an MVA uh, on the free, uh, freeway. Paramedics ended up uh, transporting her and stayed with her at the hospital uh, for like an hour. Right. Um, and he got there, opens the curtains and says, oh, why are you still here? She's like, she was really upset. We knew it would be important to you. You know, but we, we kept her company. There was nothing else in the queue. So we just stayed and, and you know, con- con- consoled right. her and stuff like that. And that meant so much to them. You know, and then years down down the road later on, um, that fire captain and his crew, uh, who was at the ambulance, uh, they got T-boned um, in an intersection. And something went to court, and she actually got um, put on however that works, don't I don't know. Like, and uh, she remembered that the crew and captain, how kind they were, and going yeah. out of their way for patient care and understanding and and use that as a um, reference point of their character and uh, right. anyway long story short it, it helped um, sure but it goes back to a lot of our patients like they're not going to remember you know that hey this is the guy that pulled me out of the car no they're going to remember that this is the person that was kind to me and that sat with me sat afterwards with me, held my yeah. hand you know helped me change my shirt because there's whatever on it and you know like those are the things that people remember those, those small little skills Right. Um, and, and that's literally looking back to all the little letters that I've ever received for compliments and thanks is those types of events. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that goes across <clears throat> the board to the majority of the people I know. Right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's not the big sexy stuff. Yeah. No. And like we preach to our guys, we've said this before, that every time the truck leaves, we should be trying to learn something as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So when there's rookies in there, you're like, if you can take a little piece of whatever from this call, it doesn't matter what it is. And it could be something so minor. Um, maybe it's how someone's driving. Maybe it's how an officer is dealing with something. Maybe it's how the partner next to you uh, was calm getting his SCBA on. Like, whatever it is. Or it can go down to, hey, I didn't realize that there was these two homes down this dead-end street. Mm-hmm. You know, you've lived here for X years. Maybe it's a new person in the town. Maybe mm-hmm. somebody has been here. I have I have literally grown grown up here, and I didn't realize that there was those four homes where oh, a buddy of ours yeah, yeah, just, right. just built. But it's not my side of town. And I was like, I, I thought there was one or two. Well, it goes deep, mm-hmm. and I've lived here for 40-plus years. Or, you know, you know hydrants. Yeah, where's the hydrant? Like, you should always be looking, looking right? hydrants. So any any time that you're out on a call can be a learning experience as well. Absolutely. So yes. if if you take the compassion that goes along with it, and if you take the learning experience, you can better yourself every time the truck leaves. Mm. Absolutely, I totally agree. Yeah, there's like there's a stat like speaking of nine one one. There's a I don't know how accurate the stat is, but they say you know in someone in our average person's life, um, they're gonna see like six to eight emergency events in their life mm-hmm. like events where they're like oh i'm in i'm in the middle of an emergency whereas with us we're gonna see eight eight hundred nine like real emergencies we're gonna we're gonna like as as any first responder we're gonna see eight to nine hundred real emergencies in our lives probably more right um, i think that's a pretty low number <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, <laughs> but i mean on emergency to us these these yeah. these calls we're talking about these lower acuity calls we don't, to us, that's like, like, that's nothing to us. Yeah. Um, we're like, when we get to a rock and structure fire or like what we're just talking about with the mountains on fire, that's like, to us, we're like, whoa, 
Now we're an emergency. Like this is a, this is the yeah. event. Let's go. Yeah, this is yeah. not this is not one percenter. <laughs> it's that one percent yeah. call where it's yeah. like, this is why we're here. Um, but if you look now, you take that and go back to what I was saying with the you know the average person, they they're going to see eight emergencies in their life that mm-hmm. may be an emergency. Well, anytime someone calls nine one one, like if you think about calling nine one one, yeah, how often? Like I don't call nine one one very often. And every time I've called 911, it's, it's usually because I'm fighting some guy in the street. But <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> it's happened. <laughs> I didn't start it. <laughs> Anyways, it's usually because something's happening that I'm like, oh, I need the police here. Or, right? You know, it's all, yeah. it's usually an emergency to me. And to us, an emergency is a little bit higher than probably higher. the average. Yeah. Like our emergency scale is probably higher than the average person. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, when these people call 911, they're like, it's to them, it's, it's an emergency. It's yeah. one of those eight, eight in their life. Yeah. yeah. So we have to be cognizant of that as we, as we roll up. Mm-hmm. Um, even when, like, we were, you know, I, I didn't mention alarm calls earlier. Well, on the commercial side of an alarm, that's usually because the alarm gets tripped. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went to lots. And sure. usually, I always find it's usually around fall or early spring. Yeah. <laughs> we always get, we always start getting alarm calls. And the alarm is chirping. And it's usually yeah. some CO alarm, it's, it's, but it's chirping. And, it's, and when we hear it over the pager, we're like, oh, probably a low battery. But they had to wake up in the middle. They woke up at 3 in the morning with yeah. an alarm sounding that they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Wake up the kids sometimes out of yeah. the family. Their adrenaline's pumping. They're outside. They got blankets on. You know, they, yeah. their adrenaline spikes. They feel what it is for us every time a pager goes off. Yeah. But their adrenaline's hit the roof, and they've called 911, and they're they're freaked out. And then, and then we saunter up. And as soon as we come in, because we're not overreacting, mm-hmm. um, I think then the level, everything, everything kind of calms down, drops down. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, yeah. definitely yeah. settles that. And usually we're like, hey, yeah, um, show us where it is. Yeah. Okay, well, there's no smoke, so that's perfect. So mm-hmm. they're right. They're like, okay. But like, yeah, I know if your building was on fire, there would all, there would be smoke. In there. Like, I never say obviously. I try not to say obviously. Right. Because obvious to us is different than obvious to somebody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Just because it's obvious to me that there would be smoke in that in that building, um, maybe the fam they're like, oh, maybe it's hiding in the they, they maybe think it's hides in the roof or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Or sometimes it does, but <laughs> um, you know, we walk in. Of course, first thing we do, we smell. Oh, I don't smell anything. I don't see anything. We walk We're in. We're running our. Uh... Then we have our we have our uh, our sensor sensors not going off. Yeah. Okay. And then we usually tell them, hey, this is a sensor. If you if you had high um, CO, it would be going off right now. Yeah. So you're probably fine. It's probably a battery. Yeah. And then usually the answer is, well, it's hardwired in the house for the gas, but there's still a battery backups that go, oh, I didn't know that. So, and then could we just turn around and be like, well, see ya, see ya. and leave? No, we're going to double check. So we usually have the engine still arrive. Forgot the thermal camera. It makes people feel good to see that. It's just like a blood pressure cuff. <laughs> yeah. So an FR blood pressure cuff is like a thermal camera in a non, <laughs> non-fire non <Sure>. environment. Because <laughs> literally, you put it on somebody in FR, and they're like, oh, this guy really knows what he's doing, and he's calming me down. <laughs> like white coat syndrome, and you freak right out. Yeah, sure. yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah. But I, I noticed a lot oh of people... Oh, my God, they're bringing out more equipment in my house. Yeah. Or as soon as they put, a, or as soon as they put the uh, SBO that's monitor right, out yeah. there, they're like, oh, what's this thing? Oh, it's, it's really good. Oh, yeah, no, you're looking pretty good there. You got a really high uh, O2. Oh, no, that's, that's the scanner for the microchip. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's always a fun one to pull up, which I've heard some people may have done. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same, you know, you walk in with a thermal camera, and we scan the roof, yeah. and we scan all the, uh, oh, no, everything looks pretty good. Everything's uh, awesome. 
Um, so they, you know, everything kind of calms down. We usually get the stepladder out, go in, look at their battery. Normally we don't have the batteries with us. So we're like, hey, you know, just replace this battery. And they're like, oh, and this is how you take it apart. And we leave. So we've taken that situation. Did we do anything? No. No. Like in the grand scheme of things, we didn't do anything. <laughs> but we did stay, we calmed down, stabilized everything. Yeah. But on the flip side, you've done a lot to them. And exactly. Guys, yeah. Right? To yeah. them, we did a lot. They go back to bed. And they sleep sound, knowing that everything was safe. Yeah, the guys and are that's here. Key. They've checked this. Yeah. yeah, it works. Yeah, but to us, it's like you know, you got woken up. You're <laughs> yeah, another alarm. Yeah, and you're kind of mumbling away. <laughs> but when you think about what you did, you actually did a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I'm hoping guys pick that up more. Um, but a lot of it comes down to as officers and and senior people, you got to be you got to be kind of more. Um, not happy. You gotta be like more supportive of the incident and mm-hmm. you might even feel like you might be a stupid alarm call. <laughs> like I, I used to when I when I was starting, I you know, we used to make fun of the people like idiot. <laughs> I try not to do that anymore because I'm like, you know what? They didn't legit didn't know why yeah why this thing wasn't working. Yeah. Like yeah. and then I always I always think back to like to, to call nine one one, you gotta be pretty nervous about something. Most people don't just call nine one one. I mean, there's, I get, I, you know, I get the odd person like the hypochondriac, the person yeah. that really just wants to, to see people in uniform. There's, a, there's, there is those rare occasions. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, when someone calls nine one one, they are, they are generally the most. Yeah, they're concerned with yeah. something. For yeah, sure. I find with the medical side, like most people put off calling. They do, right? It's so usually, like, like they, they put it off, and then <laughs> it's like three in the morning, they finally call. Yeah, yeah, so now, like, has it really gotten any worse? No, but it's not getting better. Yeah. So they're like, oh, I, sh- I should have called it. I couldn't sleep all night. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's two in the morning, yeah. and it's not better or whatever, right? Yeah. Most times there's some outside pressure, like, I knew we should have called or whatever yeah. it was, right? Like, we, we ran into that a bunch now. And, yeah. you know, again, like, they didn't want to call. They didn't want to call. Yeah. And do they, more times than not, yes, they end up going for a ride to the, you know, to the emergency room, and they all... You know, do some for you know some uh, further tests and figure out something or not, but they do take them in. Yeah. Um, if we're there first, which you know at nighttime is a lot more rare for us, which is you know yeah. good for the patient, but we're still there doing something. But for those times that we are there first, um, like we had one the other day where um, ambulance was a bit delayed, and they had been putting it off for couple hours yeah. and then it did get a bit worse so right. they, they ended up making the call and there was not a ton that we could do but the spouse was losing their mind mm-hmm. and like which doesn't help <laughs> no right so getting the spouse calmed down got the patient calmed down like they were spiking because like now they're worried because they see how frantic the spouse is so if you can bring that scene down you're actually doing more for the patient than anything because now they're in a you know in a bit more of a calm state yeah. um and if things do go from bad to worse at least we are there and we can assist but i think the best thing that we did on that scene was just calming everything down hey yeah. we are here to help like let's get some info and as soon as you get people talking and not like thinking right. about the events like why did i finally find the need to phone 911 mm-hmm. no it's hey like like ah so what what's what's been going on you know leading up to this like oh what what were you guys up to today um like what 
what all transpired in the past you know couple hours right just getting their mind working getting away from like why i feel shitty at this instant you're still telling us exactly why you feel shitty it's just you're telling a story now and it gets their mind off of this exact moment and then like one of us goes over to the spouse and we start Mm -hmm. chatting about it a bit more quiet and then they're telling a story they feel like they're helping which they are because they're giving us their version of it um but they're doing it quietly separately everything calms right down and then when EHS gets there they're walking into you know a much calmer environment with a a group of people that can help get this patient up up and out of here um, a lot quicker which then again puts them back in service a lot faster yeah often like when you're like when I was when I was a little kid I I, I think every little kid goes through like a hypochondriac phase like Because we used to have the old medical encyclopedia long before freaking the Googles. Oh yeah, sitting on the you know sitting on the bookshelf, and I'd get a pain in my side. Oh my god! So I'd pull it out and look up pain inside, and then of course the first thing you, oh I got I got cancer. <laughs> and then, you know, so then you kind of like okay, I'm just gonna you know, okay, I don't have I don't. And then you're laying in bed at night and you toss and turn it, and you're like, oh my god, the pain's back. <laughs> so, so cancer. Wake your parents up. Cancer, <laughs> what? and they're like, "No, you ate whatever. <laughs> go to the bathroom and then yeah. go to bed. Exactly. Or drink some water. You and you're like, drink some water. You're like, you're like, oh, I drink some water. That's feel better. And you go to sleep. <laughs> so I take that into adulthood. Sure. <laughs> when you're legit, like, actually have a weird pain, and then and then you're like, okay, I can just put it off. You're watching freaking Jeopardy or whatever at night. I don't mm-hmm. know what you watch Netflix, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, now it's like midnight and one now everyone's kind of asleep and now you're kind of left by yourself like laying in bed going oh, that pain's still there oh yeah oh oh it's getting worse i think it's getting worse is it getting, it might be getting worse yeah. <laughs> and then they wake their spouse up i got this and they're like oh and then depending on who you have as a spouse <laughs> i'm assuming if you know if your wife woke you up you'd be like come back to bed <laughs> <laughs> but some spouses are like oh really oh we need to call 911 right now okay so yeah. now everything gets ramped up yeah and then yeah. we show up and then we have to ramp everything back down. <laughs> That's kind of our job. Sure. Is to ramp everything back down and to find out what the issue is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it comes back to again, it's just having that calm demeanor. Like look at a fire call. If you roll up and you have uh, a rock and a vent and the first person on scene is losing their mind yelling on the radio saying, Oh my god, I got this, I got that. It's like, well, now that elevates everybody up in the trucks. Yeah. You know, everybody's gonna be slightly ramped versus if you just get there, like, ah, uh, yeah, I've got fire showing from this side, talking to the family, everybody's out, there's nobody in the building. Um, yeah, first truck, grab a hydrant, second truck, grab a hydrant, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. You know, Meanwhile, nice the calm. trucks, everyone's like, fire showing, woo! <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. But that's again, what happens on the truck. But picture, like, but picture the yeah. ones where it's like, hey, yeah, there's people in there versus. Yeah. It's just a fire, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Like those are two different ramp ups. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. if you get if you can paint that scene as being calm and clack when you roll in and you are calm, hey, how are you? You know, yeah. I'm Todd, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, that settles them right down. Sure it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was talking to one of the guys at work who used to be a paramedic, like an ass care paramedic, and we were talking about this, and he said, you know, he goes, one of the best things I do because he used to work out of Manitoba. So very small towns, all volunteers. So he's like, when I used to roll up and I'd see, I'd see the firefighters. Um, he goes, I'd see a couple of them outside waiting for me, and then as soon as I saw that, he'd be like, okay, this is gonna be a good call. 
curious, but when I'd show up and there'd be no firefighters or the door would be open and then he'd see one of them running up the truck and <laughs> digging through, through <laughs> hucking gear, trying to find something, he'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> he goes, then my anxiety level would just skyrocket because he goes, basically, what am I getting into here? So then they'd, he'd go in and then deal with it, right? But yeah. he goes, as soon as I drive up and I see, you know, he goes, the FR guys are there and they're like, chill. He goes, oh, that's probably pretty pretty easy. He's like, he grabs yeah. his gear, walks in. He goes, I start off in a lower level too. Mm-hmm. He goes, so that's great. Like just seeing the FR guys when you first get there, if they're not ramped up and they're kind of calm, it's like, cool. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that helps a lot. I think another side note of, of making a difference is with helping the paramedics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... I think we've dealt with many different FR people in Oh, for sure. You know, we've had we've had events where, um, you know, you need some assistance, and then depending on the FR crew, they're just so disengaged or don't give a shit. Or, oh, okay, you're you're here, good. We're clearing. See ya. Boom, and then they're gone. It's like, well, I haven't even taken up blood pressure yet. <laughs> yeah, not anything. Done anything yet? Like, I'm not too sure. Um, and I've been in that situation as well before. Like, we've got we got sent on this chest pain call. Uh, FR was there. Um, yeah, we're on scene for a little bit, and ah, you know what? You guys can clear. Clear them. We got hooked up onto a monitor. Ah, looks okay. All right, let's uh, get you sitting on the bed. Stands up, sits on the bed. Ah, chest pain again. Boom, cardiac arrest. Right in front of us, like, shit. <laughs> so now we have to call him back, mm-hmm. which sucks. Yeah. You know, so if we would have just waited until we had him on the bed, and then yeah. say, you know what, guys? We got anything from here? Well, let's yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, just, so just, yeah. I, my biggest thing is there's no need to rush to clear everybody. Like you said earlier, everybody's being paid for that that time frame anyways. Sure. So get the basics done. And it's my personal pet peeve when paramedics start clearing the fire departments and they haven't even done a proper or finished assessment or done right. vitals yet. Right. Because just because somebody's sitting there talking to you doesn't mean that no, for they're sure. going to be stable yet. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of things going on and depending if we're putting them on. You know what, I like the ones that paramedics let us, I don't want all of us in there, but let, you know, one or two of our guys stay in there. Yeah. Because it just helps for us to be able to see how they do the assessments. Yeah. Because again, it's another rep for us, for our guys to see, oh, this is how it's done. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it wasn't done in the exact order they learned in a classroom. Or they see how, oh, it's actually more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not a checklist. Because, if, oh, yeah. you know, in, in the classroom you learn as a, as a checklist. Because, you know, you're learning and that's how you let people learn, you learn checklists. Yeah. But when you watch a you know a seasoned paramedic like you or or Matt when they talk, it's more of like they're just chatting with them, and yeah. you can and if you listen to them chat, you can hear you can be like and you, if you you know you you're like out. oh there's one Absolutely. so there's the other thing yeah they're yeah. pulling all the stuff out but it's more of a conversation yeah not like you can't you wouldn't be able to tell they're doing um, the ABCs and the primary and the secondary um, you know they walk up hey how are you doing today okay right away the guy's like yeah oh, good okay well there's the, there's the A in the app and then exactly. they, and as they sit down they're like hey let's and they grab the wrist and they then they oh they got a radio pulse mm-hmm. and they're watching them and they're talking to them they're like oh yeah everything's good yeah. like basically they've done everything in five seconds they've yeah. run run the list yeah they run the but list the guy doesn't even know he's being assessed yet yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely right? and there, there's a time for open ended questions and closed questions like when you're right. assessing something because if I'm asking open-ended questions and the guy's really sick yeah. and he's telling me about his life story and what he's yeah. eating today, <laughs> I don't care. I yeah. want to know the nitty-gritty first and then we'll yeah. get into it, right? right. So it, it's always tricky on how you can steer that conversation like you're mentioning, sure. right? Um, and then again, with patient confidentiality and stuff, like we try and have 
a pretty small circle around the patient. Right. Absolutely. But 100% if we can still have uh, the attending FR person or somebody else close by, yeah. especially as a new FR department, um, it, it just helps benefit everybody, right? Sure. Right. Yeah. You know, and then I, of course, the big thing when we do, we, it's always a big joke. We, we go get your guys' cot. It's <laughs> all the guys, I'll get the cot. <laughs> guys love doing that. Which, I mean, it, it does, and it helps because, you know, we're, we're getting it. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> I'd say we're, we're getting better at it because the new cots are a little bit trickier than the old cots. Actually, the new cots are easier, but once you learn them. Um, yeah, there, they, there's a lot of moving parts to them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just to have to make sure you're trained on. Yeah, on of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we had to, had to make, you know, you close it back up, close the door, like all the kind of stuff, you know, you, you put it, if it's raining, you, you don't take it right away or you put it underneath a, you put it underneath the cover area. That's huge. Um, prep that's, blankets. That is huge. Everybody goes and rips the cot out. Yeah, it's like, well, it's pissing rain. Yeah. Let's, maybe let's wait the yeah, let's wait a minute. Yeah, or find a place where you can yeah. stash it quick underneath shelter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have it covered, throw another sheet down prior to it, right? Yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then prepping the cot, figuring out where we're going to go. And then of course, what we do is, you know, we're, we're figuring out the the out right the, yeah, how, how right. to do the exit um, so stop could a, could a paramedic do that yeah of course but it's taken away from the, yeah. the patient care and then some of the stuff it's like a lot of times we we assist with the lift and it wouldn't probably be them calling us for a lift assist um, but it might be them asking for another ambulance to show up to help mm-hmm. and to me that's taken away again like the police on a on, on a traffic control could the police do a traffic control yeah could a second ambulance come and help in the first Ambulance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or could we do that? Yeah, we could. No, absolutely. So basically the way it works uh, in larger cities is if any crew um, uh, needs a lift assist, uh, generally the fire department, uh, being that fire department, will be the one sent for that. Right. Yeah. Solely because if we send another ambulance, literally just for a lift, yeah. um, now we're tying up that You're crew. You're committing to another that. resource. Yeah. Uh, so that happens a lot. Because we were back in the old, back in the day, anyway, um, it used to be our, our old chief would always um, the ambulance would call looking for a lift assist and our, our former chief would be like what did they call the second car yet well they did and they're tied up well fine we'll send somebody or no they didn't call the second car yet well they can call the second car and then we'll then maybe we'll come help if they still need help it's like yeah so again that's back to the the police <laughs> you know back to the taking that uh, a unit off the street that could have easily been us go ahead yeah you know and it's not really, I get it, it's people are like, well, it's not our job. Well, it is. Like, we're, the, yeah, sure. we're always the space, we're always at stopgap. Yeah. If something's not on fire or something's not in a, needs rescue, we're the, we're the, we're filling the hole. Like, if somebody doesn't know who to call. Yeah, they <laughs> generally generally call. Yeah, they, yeah. Right? That is right. Yeah, there's, there's been many times where we get another ambulance sent for lift assist, mm-hmm. which is great if there's resources available. Yeah, sure. 100%. The ambulance will get sent. The dispatchers will yeah. send them first. Yeah. But if they're looking at the at the computer and there is one ambulance for this massive area, and then they're the, probably not going to send that person unless you're saying I need another car code three for patient care issues, right? Sure. Um, yeah. And even then, if it's short, then we call for FR for any mm-hmm. assistance, right? But yeah, no, it, it's huge, and that's part of that whole FR agreement and and the team and this patient focused care, especially in our small communities, right? right? You know, it's it's what we're doing to make a difference. Well, it's funny, like, when we go back, if you ask any new recruit why they joined the fire service, kind of that staple answer, everybody has their own reasons, 
Vanchasi. Back to episode one. <laughs> yeah, we always toss Cam under the bus, but everybody has their own reasons. But one of the main ones that comes out of everybody's mouth is, "I want to help and give back to my community." Yeah, this is in the face of your community. There's things that we can do that can help them. There's so, usually a lot of caveat attached to it, but only if it's only fire, if it's on or, fire. Or yeah, an accent, and only if it's real, mm-hmm. and only if I'm actually doing something, and only if I can run a hydrant. What's happening right now? Where's that? Sorry, I can pause here. <laughs> What's happening right now above our place? Oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's got a fire in his area. Yeah. Instead of your, it's, uh, it's in the other guy's district. Yeah. Or is that maybe across the board? No, that's, that's, like up that's right up the hill. Yeah. Hmm. I if that's a... Oh yeah, no, that's definitely area uphill. That's uh, what is this a structure or huh. a lot of black smoke in the picture? Yeah, yeah, it could be a structure right. because that that dip is where this the some of the side trees go off the highway. Huh? Sure, yeah. If you, you want to head over, yeah, nothing going on. Yeah. <laughs> and you're probably leaving your hair and still mixed. Oh, track. actually, yeah, carry on. I'll just uh, grab my, you know, that little thing. That little thing. <laughs> oh, here, just hang on. Oh, we have we have that channel. Oh no, we don't have that channel. We don't have that frequency for that department. Oh, if it's up, yeah. up the way. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Things are happening. Things are happening. What were we talking? <laughs> making a difference. Making a difference. Yeah. Literally, that's what they're about to do. Is go make a difference. So we might lose time. Yeah. But also, I think we are kind of exhausting this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the big thing, and like why why we started to, to chat about this, was um, just to kind of bring everything together and how. You know, what are some ways that, that we can do better? Uh, what are some ways that we can give give back? And how, like, just kind of outline those those small little, you know, differences that we yep. can make as, as a team. Um, and I think we kind of circled that pretty well. Yep. And Todd's back. <laughs> I'm back. So, I got locked out of the hall. Yeah, Todd ran out. Um, since this isn't his hall, he got locked out of the hall. So he had to stop, <laughs> stop and go let him in. Um... So nothing yet for you, but uh... no, yeah, got, getting the the live feed from uh, the family back home. It's uh, yeah, pretty big column black smoke uh, going up, yeah, uh, which could be a section of the highway or uh, one of the side roads uh, yeah. down to a bunch of residences. Yeah. Um, and where it is, just be clear. Um, actually, I was driving. We were driving through there today, all of us, because mm-hmm. that's up past right or before your cabin, but or your area, but. Um, it's super intermix. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, there's no there's no definitive line for no. um, interface fire. It's intermix everywhere. Mm-hmm. And every time I drive through that section, I'm like, wow. Like I'm amazed. Like I, because last year in our big fire, um, the, the the government dumped a lot of resources up there, and we're kind of like, why are they getting a lot of resources? <laughs> and every now that now when I drive up there, I'm like, oh, I can see where they get all the resources. <laughs> yeah, because we you know we we didn't have near as many structures um, threatened. That's right. Um, as, as those guys would have. Because I mean, sure. if they would have got in there... Um, that would have been really health, hard to fight. It would have been very hard to fight. Yeah. Whereas the the couple places where we were starting to um, have like fire impinging was like where we, we, we dealt with it pretty good in our area because mm-hmm. there was a lot less houses and we kind of knew where everything was. And it was more like grass fiery. And yeah. then when it was going up out of our district... That place is definitely well intermixed, but there is there is almost a line there, so they sure know, there is. They yeah. have to deal with it. Um, so there is some concern on, in the, in that part of your area because heavy timber, yeah, because a car fire can easily spread into 
Yeah. Into the, into the ridge line, and then next thing now you have a big wildfire in that area. Yeah. And exactly. that would be an all-hands kind of deal. Which actually... And it's all upslope. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But while we were gone, we had a car fire. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sounded like it might have just been a blown rat hose. Yeah. But, like, I heard it was, like, 100 feet out of, out of our fire district. <laughs> yeah. So it was just yeah. out of our area. But they pulled over, like, right to the shoulder. Right. So yeah. there was, like, there was no... Yeah. That's there was, problem, right? Yeah. Like, everybody does that because they want to keep the traffic flowing, but they're putting their vehicle fire in, in, in the, the brush. In the <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's... So we're super lucky there. We have had many grass fires because of car issues. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's crazy common. So, yeah, yeah that, that can if be very, very well. If your car on fire, thing. park in the center of the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Absolutely. Because it actually blocks traffic, too. makes it safer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, we had a little grass fire while we were gone, too. I, um, that's right. Yeah, so I was talking to the chief about that. He said it was actually interesting because it was it was going upslope, um, like not threatening to get in the wildlands. Mm-hmm. It was in like a kind of a farmer's field that then wasn't watered lately. Mm-hmm. So it was going upslope, but then it was going down the rows of the trees. So as it would come, it would like, it would bur- keep burning up and then it would kind of branch off okay. down the different rows. So I think our two bush trucks dealt with it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like our officer truck and our bush truck. Nice. Um, and then Carl had a backpack sprayer on or something doing some work too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so it sounded like there was a, was a small grass fire, but dealt with quickly. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Sure it is. So that's why everyone's kind of like, oh, like, you know, normally we see a black cloud of smoke and then we'll spring, we're like, whatever, and then I'll, they'll put that out. But yeah. Um, here it's like, yeah. <laughs> that could easily turn into something <laughs> bigger. Bad. Exactly. <laughs> you know, almost on that, I, I would feel like if we had something that we were concerned about, we would almost go mutually right away. Just sure. Of, uh, yeah, maybe not right away, but. It would be in our minds very, very, very early. Um, Yeah. And the Department of Services that area is, what, they got, like, two apparatus? Three? Uh, um, They've got a a tender, an engine, a rescue, and a side-by-side, I think. That's it. I can't recall. So not a huge amount of manpower. Not a huge amount. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Modus. (laughs) Todd? Yeah, Modus. Um... Uh, so claim to fame, snare tool, uh, your wedges, your soft entry kits, your Lloyd tool, your J tools, your um, mask bags, hose straps, you name it. They, they have so many good um, uh, small pieces of equipment now as well. Um, the hydro wrench is the other one that you guys love. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it, yeah, it, again, I can't say enough about them. They're pocket organizers. I love it. It keeps all my, uh, I got a handful, of, I got a heavy hater wedge, some of the smaller wedges. Um, a couple of little tools and pry bars, um, and my snagger in my pocket, and it, it fits great. Yeah, Modus is, is fantastic, and they are working on the third portion of the. Yeah, yeah I think they're moving towards number three if they're not on it already. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a couple couple pretty cool videos coming out after after ours. I know mm-hmm. after we've had you know now the chance to see ours. Um, I think these other two are going to be pretty cool as well. Um, really excited to have those go out uh, potentially uh, late summer, early fall. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to that. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want a discount code off any of the Modus products, uh, DTFF5 will give you 5% off the DTF order. Or That's right. Modus order. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Uh, Ash, stop the bleed. Stop, stop the bleed. Uh, so you got your three uh, methods of uh, bleed control. You have your direct pressure, your wound packing, and a tourniquet application. Um, 
And you can find information. I always shit the bed on this. Is it bleeding, stop? Bleeding yeah, bleedingcontrol.org. Yeah, bleeding I think also stop bleeding.org. I think they own both. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I might redirect you, but yeah. Um, Carry good, good turn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So on, on the RTAC stuff, uh, yeah, carry a good turn or else you owe Dr. Nick a beer. Um, and have it out of his package. Out of his package. Yeah. <laughs> Which ours the other day wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the RTAC, um, Rescue Trauma and Casualty Care. Um, yeah, we've been uh, taking a look at a course that um, Dr. Nick uh, Sparrow um, uh, handed out to us. Yeah. Um, so it's the online portion of the RTAC. Um, and then basically at the end of it, they're talking, uh, putting together a practical portion of it as well. Um, really good course. We got lucky enough to go out there and actually take it, um, and do the high fidelity Sims and their last, uh, kind of Armageddon scenario with it. And so many realistic Sims, um, tons of great information, practical, real world information. Like it is not stuff to set up to make you fail. Uh, it's a very good learning environment. Um, yeah, I can't say enough with that course. It was great. So now seeing that uh, it's going to be offered to online and then with a potential um, face-to-face portion at the end of it as well, that would be really good. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanner Olson. Yeah, Tanner Olson. I'm literally looking at uh, our signed poster uh, from Tanner and the band uh, from our 100-year party that we had there. Coming up, uh, well, it was just a week ago. Yeah. Seems like it was yesterday still. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah uh, Country Music out of West Coast Canada. Um, they are currently in Alberta uh, doing some Calgary and Edmonton shows. Uh, Stampede, uh, I think that's what, next weekend? When is the Stampede? Uh, I think it's, it's yeah, we're right now. I think it's wrapping up soon. Oh, okay, so it's current events there. It's world right now. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, check them out on uh, everywhere you can get uh, your music from. Yeah. Nice. Lastly, is us. Um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, MySpace. Exactly. <laughs> MySpace. Is that still a thing? I don't think so. Oh, yes. LinkedIn. Yeah, we are on LinkedIn. We are on LinkedIn? Yeah. Oh, man. Every time I get a LinkedIn one, yeah. it just fills my inbox. It drives me nuts. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I never use it. I don't think I used it once. Five minutes and I was like, this is boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a boring version of Facebook. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, check us out. Uh, give us a review. Hopefully, a good review. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Any more from anymore? That's it. Thanks. Have a good night. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe, stay DTFF, and happy birthday. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs>